once you step out of your house you're vulnerable we live in constant fear these are things kidnappers armed robbers would do i would prefer to be faced by an armed robber than to be faced by the men of sars lucky but anything could have gone wrong that night they feel they can exploit people whether you're caught in the act or not so looking at the stories of people who have not been living that lucky who might not have had that money to pay and you know maybe they had to you know go through pain or get shot at it's why we protest today it's why we want that unit disbanded Since the 7th of October, Nigerians have taken to the streets in protest to call for the disbandment of the country's Special Anti-Robbery Squad, also known as SARS, and tangible efforts from the government to end police brutality. This organic grassroots campaign has gained a global reach thanks to the power of social media and the internet. Internationally, celebrities like Cardi B and athletes like soccer player Mesut Ozil have expressed their support for the protests online. But this is bigger than a celebrity campaign. The driving force for these protests have been and remain the Nigerian youth. On this podcast, we're going to break down the issue in a way that's easy to understand. You'll hear from young Nigerians on the ground in their own words about how SARS and the police force in general have affected their lives, what it's like to be at these protests, and what they hope comes out of them. But how did we get to this point? SARS is the special anti-robbery squad unit of the Nigerian police. This plainclothes, or mufti as it's called in Nigeria, division was created in 1992 to combat violent crime like armed robberies. Their lack of uniform was considered essential, giving them the element of surprise when fighting robbers. But since its inception, the division has evolved into something much different and much darker. According to a report released by Amnesty International, SARS engages in widespread human rights violations, including extrajudicial executions, torture, rape, extortion, and other ill treatment. This has created a state of fear among Nigerians, especially young ones who are often their targets. In recent years, many young Nigerians have leveraged their skills to access opportunities online, freelancing in tech or media, working the stock market or forex markets, or simply finding other means of self-employment. When these young people earn money though, they're reluctant to show off their wealth because they're scared to be targets of SARS. Even simple work tools like a laptop can make you a target, with officers often implying that the presence of that technology makes one complicit in 419 or internet fraud. SARS has affected our lifestyles because every male is a fraudster by default and every female is a prostitute by default. So on this basis, once you have a good car, once you look good, once you have a laptop with you, once you have um, an iPhone, basically, you are a criminal, you're a fraudster. And they start to extort you on that basis. And if you refuse to give them money, they take you to the station and they basically impose other crimes that you didn't even commit, detain you, and then they wait for someone to to come and bail you out. And as for women, if you look good in the car, it's, it's and you're like you're driving around say in the night you're most definitely a prostitute and you're probably you're probably carrying out illegal activities and they detain you on that and it's worse because for most women they don't have anything to do with you than to rape you and then set you free so that's that's the harassment that we've been facing young people are also targets if they fit the stereotype of a criminal which in nigeria can just mean dyed braided or locked hair 
tattoos and or piercings. Once you step out of your house, you are vulnerable. We live in constant fear. I like to wear dread or something, but I can't. I can't have tats. I can't do anything. A 26-year-old musician in Lagos detailed the lengths he goes through to avoid interacting with SARS. I've had just one personal experience with SARS. You know, whereby we engage each other. I was lucky, but anything could have gone wrong that night. I try to avoid them like a plague. I don't like being out late because of like SARS. Nothing else. Because it's more beautiful at night. But yeah, I don't do that because of SARS. I, uh, I've had moments where, you know, I spot them from far away and, you know, I jumped into the gutter just to, like, not come in contact with them. I mean, it's just like, I'm not guilty of any crime, but, yeah, I'm stereotyped. But avoiding them is not always possible as one young man who's now outside of the country furthering his education showed. I, I'm, driving, I'm driving home and I just get blocked by an unmarked bus and I'm told to come down. You know, it's so late and I'm looking at these officers, they're not bad as police officers, but they are all carrying guns. So like I'm, I'm a young man in his early 20s, I'm so scared, man. I come down, you know, it's late in the night. Anything can happen to me. Then I'm told to come down from my car, which I oblige, man. They search my car. They, obviously nothing is in my car. They open my boot, you know, I'm watching them search my car. There's nothing there, man. I'm being labeled all sort of names, a cyber criminal, a Yahoo boy. And I'm like, I'm none of these things, man. They want to search my phone. I'm trying to tell them they don't have the right to do that. But because of the situation, man, I, I let them open my phone. They go through it, man, asking me some questions of, of some information on the phone and I'm giving them good answers. But at the end of the day, they decide on taking me, driving my car and their car to their station, you know, keeping me there to the early morning. I had nothing on me, you know, and I, I, I was forced to pay these people a good amount from my account just for them to let me go. And, you know, I got home and I was so confused. Like, what just happened? It was literally just extortion. Or coming online, you know, looking at the stories of people who have not been living that lucky, who might not have had that money to pay, and, you know, maybe they had to, you know, go through pain or get shot at. It's why we protest today. It's why we want that unit disbanded. The fear of being targeted forces people to make difficult decisions that are often detrimental to their livelihoods. A 29-year-old fashion designer in Oyo State has been forced to operate at a loss for fear of harassment. I sell handmade shoes. 60% of my deliveries, I have to delegate because I live in constant fear of traveling across other states. I had to, I had to operate from Lagos, my business, because I used to be in Lagos. I had a little, a little experience of SARS brutalization before I go for my NYC. My NYC card, my ID card saved me. So it made me lose affinity going back to Lagos. My business, I have channel of contact who buys shoe from me in Lagos. I have to operate and delegate chunk of my deliveries and is at my own expense. I don't make profits selling shoes because I'm scared of traveling because of Nigerian police. This round of protests were sparked when video of the alleged shooting of a young man by SARS operatives surfaced online. But this is not the first time people have come out to protest SARS. There have been other protests in the past, but these have been the most widespread and sustained ones yet. There have been protests in the capital city of Abuja, the commercial hub of Lagos, 
in the port city of Potakot, in Benin City, Ogbumosho, Ibadan, Abakaliki, Onicha, Niger State, and Mina State, and that's just to name a few. Everyone from different localities, different states, different um, different places basically have decided to, you know, start a, pre a peaceful protest everywhere because we just want our voices to be heard. It's been happening for years. Like, it didn't just start this year. It didn't start two years ago. It's been happening for years. I think sometime last year, we had the same SARS and SARS protest, but then they said they reformed, but then it didn't change anything. Then sometime... Earlier this year, if I'm not mistaken, they, they had another protest and then they changed their name from SARS to FSARS and then it still didn't change anything. One protester in Lagos feels the intensity of these protests is also related to the timing during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm not going to compare the struggle, but it's, it's similar to the uh, Black Lives Matter movement where we had that since uh, 2014, 2015. It was more intense because the idea that in a global pandemic, when there are recessions and everything, these people still find the time, still have the time to, to be cruel, to kill, to assault people and harass people. On October 11th, the Inspector General of Police, Mohamed Adamu, made a statement announcing the dissolution of SARS. But people are still taking to the streets and are not satisfied, as this is not the first time such a promise has been made following public outcry. We don't just want a statement this time around. It's so easy for them to shut us up with, oh, okay, we're going to provide a statement for you guys, we're going to ban SARS, we're going to reform SARS. That's not what we want. We want you to scrap everything. That's what we're trying to tell the government this time around. We don't want to see them on the road again. No more, oh, we're going to reform them, and then, you know, they come back and start killing us again. The dissolution of SARS rings hollow not just because of past failures. While these announcements were being made, peaceful protesters were shot at by police officers in Ubumosho and the Suruliri area of Lagos State. Protesters were also tear-gassed and beaten up in Abuja. A young man, Jimo Isiak, lost his life in Ubumosho, allegedly from a police stray bullet. And there are reports that at least 10 people have lost their lives nationwide in police response to the protests. I mean, it's happening in some places in Abuja where um, policemen are oppressing citizens with tear gas. And in Abeokuta, they are um, currently arresting and picking people off the road. In Obomosho, they are currently shooting at protesters. The NSARS movement is also a first step in complete police reform. SARS may be the most violent and notorious arm of the police, but regular officers also harass and extort citizens. In 2018, on a trip to Nigeria, the Uber myself and two friends were in was stopped by the police. One of my friends was detained in a police vehicle and threatened with arrest if we didn't pay up. I was extorted for 30,000 Naira, roughly $100 Canadian, to secure their release. Police officers in Nigeria are underpaid and undertrained. Their working conditions are poor, with barracks often dirty, barely maintained relics of the colonial powers who built them. While this does not excuse the actions of police, it provides context to why extortion and harassment is rife. But use what they have access to, which is power and a monopoly on violence, to create wealth for themselves. There is huge rot in the heart of policing, anything security agency in Nigeria. There is deep rot. Me as a young Nigerian citizen who lives in Nigeria, I just want the government and the body responsible for policing to look inwards, reevaluate psychological reevaluations to the police, the orientation. They should know it is service to humanity first, not just force.
these people are meant to protect our lives and property but uh, the, the reverse is the case now they maim and kill us so like me i just want the government to look into psychological evaluation of all police all security apparatus in nigeria top down even the the boss at the helms like they need to be reorientated in an article published by newswire nigeria Cheta Nwanze points out that successive military governments viewed the police as a rival that needed to be tamed, hence the low investment and subsequent neglect. This pattern of neglect continued even under civilian rule. If all of these issues are clear to see, then why is it so difficult for this rogue unit to be scrapped and the police to be reformed? Nwanze believes this is due to the fact that senior officers and the leadership of the Nigerian police force get remittances from the junior officers who go out on the street to quote, hunt. The target may have been Yahoo Boys, or internet fraudsters, which in itself is a deviation from the original purpose of SARS, which was armed robbers, but insatiable hunger and the money to be made have encouraged them to widen the net. This same issue was pointed out by the fashion designer from Oyo State. So when DPO tells the squad to go out, they have a daily target of money they must remit to the DPO. The DPO in turn gives to the area commander, the area commander to the commissioner of police, the commissioner of police to the federal level. So it is, it is, it is, it is understandable why it is very hard for the Nigerian government to end these people. It is in the face of these circumstances that people have poured out onto the streets to demand change from a government spearheaded by President Muhammadu Buhari that has been slow to respond and appears out of touch with the needs and demands of its citizens. The NSARS movement has been a coordinated, uncoordinated affair. As protests have sprung up, blocking major roads like the Lekki Tollgate in Lagos, so has a network designed to keep them running. Everything from food and drink, medical assistance, legal representation for arrested protesters, even DJs have been organized, powered by local and international donations. A few people decided that, okay, you know what, we're going to, we're going to start this protest. And from somewhere, people just decided to rise. Like Everybody just decided to rise. And then we realized there's strength in numbers. At the forefront of this push to sustain the protests is the Feminist Coalition, an ad hoc group of women organizers. That is not to say that they are the ones leading the protests. Think of them more so as a distribution hub, getting the right people and resources to the right places at the right time to keep things running. Despite calls from the government and others to appoint leaders, the young people insist they have no leader, seeing this as a tactic that would allow the movement be separated and its leaders easily manipulated with bribes. Some point out names like Kolade Johnson, Ifoma Abugu, or Tiamiyu Kaka Kazim as leaders. Who are they, you might ask? just a few of those who've lost their lives to SARS. State governors like Lagos's Jide Songwolu have urged protesters to stop and give the government time to follow through with their demands. River State Governor Nyesomwike even went as far as to ban any protest in his state. In a statement posted by the Minister for Information, Wike said, there's no need for any form of protest against a unit of the police force that no longer exists referencing the IGP statement on the dissolution of SARS. But no one listened, and the state capital of Portakot saw a large protest the very next day, which was in fact attended by none other than Governor Wike himself. The online system Flutterwave, which allowed the coalition to receive donations in foreign currency, was shut down, 
While some have suggested that this was the work of the government through the Central Bank of Nigeria, the official word from Flutterwave is that the links are down for maintenance. But despite this, the group is quickly adapted and is now using Bitcoin to garner donations and completely circumvent the Nigerian banking system. Others have taken it upon themselves to arrange donations directly to communities that need it. Dami, a young Nigerian-Canadian woman, set up a donation channel from Canada to Nigeria to help get funds to young queer protesters who may put themselves at risk by making their voices heard. Youth, like, youth like me, you are out on the streets protesting right now. Like, niggas were talking about Nigeria all December and like, where is everybody? I don't know, like that, just watching that, I don't know, it just like, it, it, like a, it just triggered something into me. I was like, what the heck? Okay, no. Queer Nigerians are often at greater risk of harassment by SARS and the police force, who make use of legal frameworks that prosecute based on sexuality to extort members of the queer community. And especially queer protesters, like, let's be real, like homophobia is 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 embedded in Nigerian culture, so... Um, a big part of that was wondering even how our queer protesters would even um, get the resources, like all these big organizations are providing. And I have no doubt that they are providing. It's just, I just wanted something more more um, clear, more direct, and like to literally to just provide supplies and it's going directly into their bank accounts, literally just um, if they need m m money for data to stay connected, like it's going into their accounts for them as protesters um, to to be supported. Because I know the government's not supporting them. Like most times, their family probably not supporting them. They're risking so much protesting Queer Lives Matter, uh, and now other protesters are attacking them because of the homophobia. That's how bad it is. So um, they do need to be protected 110 percent. She also emphasized the important role the diaspora can play in supporting the protests. And it's just so appalling to me how I see Nigerians who had so much energy for Black Lives Matter are like almost dead silent about this. Maybe they shared one post. How do you not care about your home country? What? Is, what, what, what? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'm Canadian. I have a Canadian citizen. But if Canada just decides that they don't want Nigerians anymore, bruh, where are they going to take me? Is it not Nigeria? Am I not from Nigeria? The biggest role, first of all, is for us to continuously be uh, tuned in to what is going on. I think that's the biggest thing we could do. Continuously be tuned in to what is going on in Nigeria. And the second thing is to act like a news feed, using our social media, like, 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 the only reason why any of this is going on is Nigerians using social media right now. So, what, like, there's no need to undermine the importance of social media. Nigerians know the importance of social media. They're using it. So we should use it also. We shouldn't undermine that. I think another one is, is um, having conversations with our parents, honestly. Um, like, I feel very grateful. I have um, pretty liberal parents that like we can have conversations like this candidly but I know not every Nigerian person in the diaspora has that experience however this is important this is nothing to ignore there's no like 
if we can tune into American politics, even like you can tune into what is going on in your home country. If you haven't noticed already, social media has been an important factor in this movement, especially since many feel traditional media has at best ignored and at worst undermined the protests. Even though media houses are not really covering these things, even though we had to call out media houses for them to, because most people still don't believe, most older generations, most people that don't come outside still don't believe that the protest is this serious, because most people tell you, oh, if it's that serious, why isn't it on the news? And as a 29-year-old lawyer in the Lekki area of Lagos pointed out, this can exacerbate the already present divide between young and old. I think that first off, a lot of the older generation are not affected by police brutality or SARS. So, and you have this thing in Nigeria where like, if something is not my problem, then it doesn't concern me. It's not my business. And I think that's partly the reason why a lot of them are quiet on the issue. I think that there's also the issue of respectability politics and victim blaming where like the older generation especially the privileged ones they think well if you have dreadlocks or if you dress a certain way or if you're out at a certain time or if you are actually into internet fraud then you deserve whatever happens to you with the um, privileged ones there's this idea that you no know, SARS will only come after poor people's children or they only go in certain areas. So I wouldn't lose any of my family to them because we are privileged and we live in a certain highbrow area. So no, that's never gonna happen to us. If you're not someone who is um, tech savvy, who is um, who spends his time on Facebook or Twitter, and the only way of getting the news is from WhatsApp and from the media, like the the NTA and channels, then yes, you're most likely going to get a different perception of what is happening. And then you're most likely going to believe that perception if you already have a confirmation bias against the youths. So if you already think of the youths as this violent people who need to be controlled, if you think of the youths as, oh, they are all Yahoo boys, they are all criminals, they all have dreadlocks, they all smoke weed and do all of this, then yes, you're most likely going to buy whatever uh, the traditional media is selling to you. The protests keep going on, and for many of those on the streets, it's not just about SARS. It's about a system that they feel is designed to keep young people down, no matter how hard they try to make something of their lives. It's a starting point for many equally important conversations that need to happen in Nigeria. Personally, I want more for Nigeria. Like, I want better healthcare. I want better infrastructures, better in general. But right now, we're tackling SARS. We want that to be stopped completely. But in the face of all this hardship, there's still room for joy. There's anger, there's a frustration, there's hope too. And even in very small instances, joy. I was uh, talking to someone and they said that's the Nigerian condition, that finding the good in whatever is going on. Thank you for listening. Please continue to retweet hashtag NSARS and hashtag SARS must end. We'll be posting more information on the protest in the description to this podcast. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sort of Nigerian for updates on the situation as well. We're going to post donation links as well in the descriptions. We encourage everyone to stay safe and keep supporting the NSARS movement. <laughs>